Good evening and welcome back to another live episode here on the Red Tinted Glasses YouTube channel. It is Wednesday night and we are a week away from the first pre-season game that we know of anyway, unless the club are um, playing a game in Portugal, but there's not been much talked about. So, Callum, we've got not a lot to look um, back on, consider there's been very quiet uh, on the signing front anyway, but we do have fixtures to be announced. Yeah. And for those of you joining us live tonight on the YouTube channel, feel free to get involved um, in the comments section if there's any questions you want us to take a look at. A few of you have done so um, on our Twitter page at RTG underscore podcast. We'll get through a few of them as well. But yeah, Calum, fairly quiet week, it has to be said, down AB24 way or in the Algarve, I guess. Very, very quiet. Um, yeah, please do get involved in the comments. I'm a little other, uh, otherwise, it'll probably be very quick before uh, Glenn and I turn to uh, Cricket Scotland and also probably Johnny Bearstow. So get involved if you don't want to hear about cricket, is essentially what I'm saying here. <laughs> I mean, what's not to like about the cricket just now? It's providing lots of entertainment, that's for sure. Um, I'm going to be cricketed out my nut tomorrow with both the Scotland game and that third Ashes test starting tomorrow productivity could be very low. Oh, I can imagine. Is it a work from home day tomorrow? Is it going to have any chance? <laughs> no, sadly not. I'm going to be in the office. So it'll be TMS on one and the um, Sky Sports YouTube on the other. Makes sense. I'm in the office as well, so I'll be keeping up elsewhere. Yeah, well, we'll um, stay across that. But what we did stay across on Friday was the fixture announcement um, as the Premiership fixtures were released for the season ahead. And you got your wish, Callum, with the first game being away in in and around the area you so desired as the Dons start the 23-24 season on the road with a trip to Livingston, followed up by a first home game against champion Celtic. That game has um, been announced as being moved to Saturday 12pm kickoff uh, for Sky Sports, who shocked absolutely nobody. Um, but Callum... It's a bit of a tricky start, those first four games. It is. I mean, as you say, I did get my wish. Livingston was away. It was literally the perfect uh, fixture for me. Uh, I'll be situated 45 minutes away, just a couple of trains, and I'll be there, no problem. So that'll be nice and easy. Um, but not the most ideal of starts. Um, when you also throw in, you know, Livingston's a hard place to go to, then Celtic at home, which, by the way, pushing it back so that we've got even longer to wait uh, before we see the Reds back in action at Pataudry is awful news, but as you say, sort of highly predictable. Uh, and St Mirren away uh, as well. Obviously, well, I think we'll have a cup fixture between Celtic and St Mirren away. But St Mirren mm -hmm. away, I mean, they turned uh, the Smyza Stadium into an absolute fortress last season, uh, for the most part anyway. So it'll be, it'll be tough, but I am relishing it, licking my lips. And you know what? It's only a week until the Duke shows back in town with Tariff away so I'm excited yeah well I don't know for those that maybe have their hopes up if he will of course be playing in that game given the fact that um, he only returns to pre-season on Monday so maybe more um, chance of seeing him at the Bells Lee uh, a week on Saturday but as you said we um, spoke about the, the fixtures so 
Um, we've got the fixtures taken from um, AFC 1903 Mads Twitter um, page because he kindly added in the European game. So um, this is really applicable to any of you watching on YouTube because we're going to hide our faces, which is probably a blessing for some of you. Um, and we'll chuck up the fixtures um, on, on here just now. So Callum, you put a, a poll up uh, about August and the, the start uh, in that first four games. Um up until the international break, which comes after Hibs at home, which will be moved to Sunday, the 3rd of September because of Europe. And uh, for those watching the live or watching on Catch Up on YouTube, we'll see that in this screenshot here, um, AFC Mads kindly putting all the European fixtures into this fixture list as well. So very handy for us um, when it comes to discussing now. But Ikam, you posed the question about how many points uh, are people hopeful of or should we be realistic towards? Um, I think the general consensus from that first four games of Livingston away, Celtic at home, St Mirren away and Hibs at home was at least a minimum of seven points. What's your feeling on that opening four games? Uh, look, I would, you know, a few people did come back and say 12, which I admire their optimism. Uh, however unrealistic I think it may be, I would be delighted with nine. If we can uh, win... Uh, both the away games, beat Hibs at home, get off to a decent start. Celtic, you know, is, is what it is. They'll spend their millions, uh, even more millions than they've got now that they've sold Jota. But mm. uh, I'd be happy with I'd be happy with nine, seven I'd take. Anything less would probably be a big disappointment. And especially since we need to start get the ball rolling, um, especially away at Livingston. That has to be kicking it off with three points. Uh start as you mean to go on on the roads and get points on the board before we're playing the Thursday Sundays. Yeah, and I think the the interesting thing, of course, is that St Mirren game comes on the back of the first leg of the um, Europa League playoff game that we'll have. So potentially coming on the back of an away game with potentially, again, one eye on being in a suitable position to qualify um, for the Europa League. So, uh, again, that game could have kind of consequences of what team we field if we if we really want to go for the Europa League. Um, I, I do agree that we should really be looking at winning both those away games to put down a statement of our away form. Uh, and to be honest, I'd be looking at getting at least four points from the, the, the home games. Wow. Um, so I would say for me, I'd be looking at 10 um, the the Celtic game, I suppose, is one that you know everyone. It's, it's only the second game of the season. I don't really want to call it a free hit, but you know, I saw someone reply to us saying that anything you get from those games is a bonus. But I think actually playing Celtic's second game um, it is a blessing, given that they're going to be a squad in transition. Obviously, new manager, players have left in terms of Jota. There's doubts around Rio Hotate's future as well. So. Maybe the perfect time to get them, of course, is you, we should expect to see a full house at Patoja as well, despite that lunchtime kickoff on TV as well. So no reason why we can't claim points uh, in, in that game, but obviously it depends how we react to the European fixtures. And of course, the game against Hibs, um, pre-international break, we're of course in Europe on the Thursday, but Hibs too as well could potentially be uh, in Europe that Thursday as well. That's true. Well, we bring our faces back, Glenn, for, for those watching on video. 
Uh, yeah, we can do if I put my mouse in the right place. And okay. move, um, move. I, to be fair, I do agree in the fact um, playing Celtic early is probably a good thing. I mean, um, sometimes they do tend to start a bit a bit dodgy before then going on an absolute rampage. Uh, we've seen that quite a few times, um, particularly uh, when they're just under a new manager. So although it's a new old manager, you know, the squad's very different and things like that. I'm sure they'll be reshaping plenty before then. So it is a good chance, uh, a, ro- a rocking Pataudry, as you suggested, it probably will be. Um, I, I, you know, I'm beginning to think we get something from that. We could get something from that game. Obviously, a lot of time between now and then, squads all change and things like that. Um I'm not going to expect anything, though. Hopeful, yes. Expecting, no, because I've learnt my lesson uh, over the years. Uh, that being said, uh, when we do our preview podcast, when that rolls around, I'll be thinking we're going to absolutely fucking smash them. Yeah, especially if we've gone to um, Livingston and, and come back up the road with three points. But uh, as Lee Mo- Seymour says, I often think it's small-time thinking, saying that anything off the old firm is a bonus. And um, I know there's definitely a few of you out there um, that agree with that that sentiment as Kaiser um, backs up there. And I, I certainly think this early in the season, when that game comes around, is exactly the mentality I hope that we don't have going into the game. Um, and obviously Barry Robson's two previous encounters um, against Celtic haven't exactly gone to plan, but of course they were both uh, down the road, not up here. Um, other notable um, pickups from the, the fixtures, and I... I would gonna take credit for this, but I really have to um, do a lot of credit to Paul Donaldson, who watches regularly here on YouTube and did a really good summary and on the back of our last video, um, picks up the amount of games that we've got um, listed away from home currently um, after European games. Um, obviously, the the big standout one again, a point that we talked about last time out was the fact if we got Kilmarnock away after a European game, uh, and depending who we face. Uh, on the 26th of October in Europe. Um, if that is an away game, then we do face a, a trip to Kilmarnock away on the, the weekend of the October 29th after that. Um, also picking up on the fact that the, the first two months um, probably is maybe trickier than we would have hoped for. Uh, I think we were discussing that on Friday um, between ourselves, that it is a tricky start to the season, I think. Is that fair to say, Callum? Yeah, I think so. However, I, uh, I suppose it could go one of two ways. Uh, confidence could absolutely be sapped, or perhaps if if we come out of that, you know, in a positive situation, then you're getting into that mindset and, and that positive place and the, the good league position and things like that early on, rather yes. than chasing again, uh, like like happened uh, a lot of last season. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. Sort of a double-edged sword. And um, slightly going off topic, looking towards the back end of the season, we're probably going to come on to it. But before I forget, I'm going to say it now. Um, a lot has been made of the fact we've got two old firm double headers, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. However, after the second one, towards the back end of the season, we play Celtic currently at the weekend, Rangers in the midweek at Ibrox. But then we've got a very favourable run going in towards the split, which I absolutely do like. Hibs at home. Kilmarnock away, St Johnston at home, St Mirren away, Motherwell away, County at home, Livingston away, Dundee at home. And now the likelihood is we're probably going to be out of Europe by that point, not to you know dampen everyone's spirits before we've even got there. But 
that once it's back to regular or more regular, just one game a week, and um, maybe we've slipped off whilst we're in Europe, that is a good result to put us back into a decent position if we do have that 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 bad start that I was talking about. So I'm sort of rubbing my hands at the prospect of that a little bit. Yeah, and another takeaway as well is that only one of the midweek fixtures, um, I don't really count Ross County on the second as one given it's a public holiday, but um, all the other midweek games that we have um, are at home apart from that um, St. Johnson game that you spoke about in February. Uh, no, sorry, the St. Johnson game is at home. Um, where was it? I was just looking at it just a second ago. There was one away fixture that we've got on midweek, um, which is quite handy um, for certainly from a travelling fan's point of view with the amount of games that we're going to have on Thursday. Um, another point that, that Paul picked up on as well is that we've got kind of two testing games before European fixtures. Um, we've got Rangers away at the end of September and um, Hearts in the middle of September, both away games before we play European games. Um, and that would be the first and second match day uh, of the group stages. So you could look at it two ways, tricky games going into European or ideal preparation going to grounds that we've struggled at in, in recent seasons. Yeah, very true. Uh, right now, I'm thinking that is annoyingly tough, but I suppose never see. Well, we'll, we'll never know uh, how, how things work out until the time comes. But I am certainly very, very excited now that that fixture list is out, and uh, I'm just hoping for some new players that we're going to see uh, yeah. coming up. Definitely. Well, there's been talk in the comments tonight about a new goalie maybe being um, signed tonight. So. Be very typical that we'll finish this about half past oh, yeah. eight, and it'll be announced either that or it'll be announced first thing tomorrow, which is just um, ideal. Um, we spoke last time out as well about the festive fixtures again, looking very favourable from a fan's point of view. A trip to Dundee two days before Christmas, so the last Saturday in December, uh, we travel to Dundee and then host Motherwell and St Mirren in between. Christmas and New Year, and then of course, as mentioned, that trip to Dingwall on the second of January. I know you're already excited for that one, Colin. I am, and the Dundee one right before Christmas as well. So like don't have to travel far, far right before Christmas if we've got last minute shopping to do, which I will. However, it's still a, a good away day in Dundee, and hopefully, we'll have uh, the spirits will be high. Uh, at, at that point, so I'm very excited about those two festive fixtures in particular, and it's nice having the two home games. Uh, between 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 those two as well, uh, so I'm happy. I'm quite happy with the way things have worked out. Uh, not just because the opening fixture suits me down to a T. Yeah, absolutely. And then one thing we did speak about on the show um, last week and, and previous as well is, of course, um, Duke being away on international duty with Cape Verde after their qualification for the African Cup of Nations. And Paul kindly managed to work out the fixtures that, that Duke would miss. Of course, uh, I know some people will want me to also put in the fact that if he's still here come January, um, he would be set to miss Hearts away at the end of January, followed by Celtic and Rangers and that double header at the, the start of February. So three very tough fixtures that we would be missing Duke for. But um, of course, there's a long way to go between now and then. And um, just looking forward to the Duke content come Monday uh, on the AFC social channels. You just know they're going to absolutely rip the arse out of it, especially after all the links that we've had and rumours. I, I can't wait, to be honest. I will be liking and retweeting every single post they make. 
Yeah. Um, what What did you make of the fact that Alan Burrows had to come out this week and actually um, go back on the point that we actually made on this podcast that both of them would still be on uh, an extended break? Um, but that hasn't stopped some of our fans wetting the bed over um, Duke not being in Portugal. But uh, certainly on Yilba Ramadani wasn't helped by um, a journalist claiming that he was on the verge of signing for Lecce of Serie A, which seems to have really not gathered any momentum, despite Yilber himself seeming to like, then unlike the tweet from the journalist. Yeah, that massively sort of made, put me in a little bit of a panic to start with, but then uh, I think it was Scott Burns and the record that came out and said that, that Aberdeen are totally in the dark about this. So that's good. Uh, he's still on his holly, Bobs. Uh, I, to be honest, I knew they were going to get a little bit more of an extended break. I didn't think it was going to be until the 10th of July. So there was a small part of me like, okay, I know they're away, but come on, guys, let's just get them back into some photos so we can all calm down. Uh, but no, figure that figure that was going to be the case that they, they'll have a, a, a fair fair time off. But I thought they'd end up in Portugal. Um, if I'm honest, I thought they'd maybe link up on sort of this past Monday. Maybe it might have been nice for Duke to be in Portugal with the team for a bit. That would have been lovely. I'm sure we'd have got lots of content out of that. So that's my main disappointment out of it all. Yeah, and um, Dante Polvara, of course, um, who we mentioned again on the last show, um, some people may be still a bit surprised by this news, um, has rejoined the squad in Portugal after his loan spell at Charleston Battery has come to an end. Um, I think that the photo that Lee Miller posted of his son with the squad um, yesterday, I think it was, um, certainly looked to be that Dante was there. And um, for those that follow him on Instagram, we'll see that he was at the beach today with, with Cal Rose. So definitely there and part of the squad and I'm sure looking to, to make an impression on Barry Robson for um, the season ahead. Absolutely. I was reading the Charleston Battery post and uh, that they posted saves going back, uh, which obviously I already knew at the time. But he played every single game I think he could have since he got there, which is very encouraging. So he's going to be fit and ready to go uh, mm. straight in from the off. And I think he could have a part to play this season. I'm quite excited. If anyone's going to get the best out of him, it's it's uh, by Robson. I think, I can't remember who it was, but... Players have said previously that in training he is very impressive. So I would love for this to be the Polvara redemption arc starting now. He's ready, he's raring to go, he's played some regular football, he's played well. I'm happy he's back and hopefully we'll see him in Tariff. I mean, that'll be quite the change from America to Portugal to Tara. Yeah, but I mean, some of the stadiums he's been playing at, he'll be pre- pretty accustomed um, to, to playing at Tara. Although, um, seeing Tara's post tonight, um, they have moved their game against locals to behind closed doors due to the weather. Um, the pitch has um, got a bit of problems, so they've moved it to the Astro next door. Um, I don't think they'll be doing that next week with uh, a sizable crowd, I'm sure, coming to town. Absolutely. Actually, I call it a town? <laughs> I, I think so. I think it's a town. Is a village a town? I think it's a town. I should know, uh, given my occupation, but no. Nah. Um <laughs> I am excited. And you know what? Credit to Tariff, actually. I wasn't expecting real tickets. Mine have arrived and they're mm. pretty good stuff. Good quality, better than some of the sort of papery shite you get in the Premiership. So I'm impressed. Fair play to them. Yeah, they're very sturdy. They're like cardboard. Um, yeah, very impressed. And, you know, it's getting to that stage now where I'm actually excited um, about next Wednesday and also next Saturday as well. Football's close to returning. Um, Chris was asking me to post about the memberships for the bus for this season coming as well so we're 
you know, a few weeks away still, but once that preseason gets going, um, the real action will be here before we know it. Sorry, absolutely. I was just checking my phone in case I missed any notifications. But yes, I'm excited. My Preston tickets also arrived. Uh, still not sure if the train's going to be going or not. And the Glenn Rothis Reds bus is full. I was intended on going from Kirkcaldy. It's oh, the minibus they're planning on getting is 16. They've got 16 down. Uh, so it's not looking good for me. Um, mm. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping, pray for me that I can get to Preston somehow, please, Glenn. I'm sure Sam would make sure you don't get on that bus after your comments to him in, in recent weeks as well. Um, of course, one of those comments as well was um, regarding Anthony Stewart, of course, who is also with the squad in Portugal. And if paper talk is to be believed, um, it seems that um, him along with Vicente Bezawin have got kind of a clean slate for the, the season upcoming. I kind of feel putting both Anthony Stewart and Vicente Bazawin in the same category of, around clean slates is harsh. But how much of a chance do you reckon Anthony Stewart is going to get this season? Do you think it is just paper talk or are we likely to see him in action next Wednesday or next Saturday even? I mean, from the point of view of the club, they're not going to come out and say, He's, yeah, there's no chance for this boy you know. um, so I, they were always going to suggest that he's going to get a chance um, I don't know how much of a chance he's going to get I think he'll be here until we get other centre-backs in uh, providing we can find a suitor he might be used in friendlies sort of as, as sort of not only building up his fitness but as for, for, for the rest of them giving the other boys a rest however I would be very surprised if come the start of the league season he was playing his football at uh, Pataudry or the uh, spaghetti had more importantly to start off with mm, Fair um, and of course one kind of discussion point then around the centre backs or certainly the defensive area is Liam Scales involvement with the club going forward with Neil Lennon coming out in the press today saying it would be a sensible career choice for um, Liam Scales to c- continue his football at Aberdeen next season um, of course Celtic back in pre-season training, but Liam Scales not involved again, down to the fact that he was on international duty with Ireland. Uh, and Roy Thompson asks in the comments, how much would you pay for Scales? He's saying no more than 500,000. And it's, um, you know, sparked a bit of de- debate um, in the comments, that's for sure. But I think we've kind of covered it a little bit before uh, on previous shows, but would you agree with what Roy's saying? No more than half a million for for Liam Scales. Certainly, no more. I was hope I would be hoping that we would be going near uh, that amount. Um, I feel like there would be sort of a Celtic tax on that. Had we uh, taken him on loan from England and um, he wasn't had had no chance of getting in the team, we wouldn't be looking at five hundred thousand. But because it's Celtic, that's probably a relatively realistic value. Um, I would have him back, however. Um, I would have him back not to play in a centre-back two, though, if that was going to be the case. Left-sided centre-backs, hard to come by. He looks a lot better in the three alongside uh, McDonald's and scared to say his name because I'll get upset, Matty Pollock. Um, <laughs> so he, look, he looked, looked a lot better there. I wouldn't want him to play in a two, though. I'm not convinced he's like a dominant enough centre-back uh, for this league. Or if perhaps he was going to play at left-back, uh, like a sizable left-back, he can play a bit. There's not quite that responsibility as there would be at centre-back. 
Uh, so I'd have him back. Uh, I, I mean, it's not my money, but it's probably still not for 500,000. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do agree with Richard there saying that 500,000, I'm still not sure, but would be a good investment for scales. A quarter of the McCrory cash back into a young player we know can do a job, sign him up. I'd like him back, but I'm not sure about half a million. That being said, if we sign him for half a million, I'd be excited because we paid half a million for somebody. That doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, I just I just think half a million's a lot for him, but then I suppose it goes to the point that you're saying. Um it it's down to that Celtic tax. But as as Tony Henry says, if we start another season without a capable left back, I'll cry. Not even being linked to one at the moment. Um of course it Right now we've got Jack McKenzie and uh, and Johnny Hayes that can play that position again. Liam Scales would fit that that bill of being able to to play uh, as a left back, and I, I've got to kind of uh, agree with Tony. It's the one position right now that I am probably most worried about um, in this team, and it's no disrespect to, to Jack McKenzie, um, who who's obviously filled in there before. I just not sure about what he would be like for a full season. And then with Johnny Hayes picking up a concussion a month, we can't really afford not to have the the strength and depth, which of course has been picked up a few times in the in the comments in regards to Anthony Stewart and his involvement um, next season about maybe being third or fourth choice, given the amount of games that we've got to, got to play. Hmm, that is definitely fair. Now that we've mentioned, you know, no links for left back, however, Given what happened last week with Graham Shinney and Reese Williams, we'd be surprised if straight off the bat tomorrow morning, first thing, the all was announced. We don't know anything, by the way, but it's just knowing our luck. Yeah, true. Um, and But of course, we could also be waiting for a bit of a windfall, because as Lee Seymour says, does anybody know how much we have as a sell-on for Lewis Ferguson? I want to say it was 20%. Um of course, he's been rumoured um, to be moving to Napoli for around 15 million, which, um, as I was having a discussion with uh, Neve and her brother Niall at work today, um, we're saying that if he was English, I'm sure that price would have probably doubled um, for, for Lewis. And I'm sure Bologna are maybe holding out for a bit more uh, in terms of 15 million. And of course, Bruce Anderson as well, being linked with a, a move to Georgian football. And um, we've got a percentage on that and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're just absolute shite but the the rumours of course that have been doing the rounds on social media around Scott Wright potentially moving to Saudi Arabian football uh, is another potential cash uh, windfall coming our way with a sell-on fee so maybe we're just holding out for a few players making the moves and we get the cash and then we're not actually spending any of our hard-earned cash. Look, I've always really liked him, and I think Saudi Arabia should be all over that deal. Pay whatever it takes. Pay whatever it takes. Uh, apparently, it's twenty percent. I've heard. I don't know if it's true. Could be absolute shite. Um, but the rumored fee is two million. So that would mean we would get four hundred thousand if that was the case. Which for someone who you know jumped ship at first opportunity, probably basically uh, to the dark side. To get 400,000 for him when we got McCrory for uh, cut price or whatever, uh, as well as making millions on him, then Scott Wright comes and gives we get 400,000 for him. The deal would have worked out fantastically, and uh, I'm sure Dave would be absolutely loving it, all those Cormac coins. Yeah, exactly. Or Don's cash, as was started today. But, um, you know, even for, I don't know what 
um, sell-on fee we've got around Bruce Anderson as well. But the fact that Livingston have accepted a six-figure bid um, and for him, obviously it's just down to the player to agree any personal terms if, if that wants to go ahead. But again, it's a, it's a decent little earner for us because let's be honest, the half of the deal that we got never worked out at all. Exactly. It would be some compensation. And it, would, and it probably would be a big, a, a high amount, but I'm sure any amount you know, of it can, comes in and can contribute to the next player coming in, then I'm happy. Delighted, in yeah. fact. Yeah, and uh, as Robbie Hanratty mentioned, the fact that we need a, a backup goalkeeper, uh, again, obviously, I'm still dubious on that one, given the kind of position um, surrounding Joe Lewis hasn't been declared. And we've obviously got Tom Ritchie still on the books as well. Uh, you know, a few people maybe don't want to go with that inexperienced um, young keeper in, in Tom, but also saying two centre-backs, left-back, centre-attacking midfielder and winger as a minimum. You're not asking for much, Robbie, are you? Um, but um, we do also need to still sign a couple more homegrown players um, to meet that UEFA quota for going into Europe. Um, not necessarily... Scottish players, but players that have trained in Scotland for a minimum of three years. So I'm just wondering, out of that that Robbie suggested, where do we look towards players that have been in Scotland for a while? And to be honest, the one that does scream out would be a cheap backup goalkeeper. It absolutely would. I would imagine that would be one of them, Um, because we've been linked with uh, Ross Doohan quite heavily mm-hmm. I think he was on the books at Celtic for a while and obviously there's the corner hazard Malarkey as well mm-hmm. um, although I know he is Northern Irish um, but I think he would have had those three years at Celtic between 15 and 21 to make him fit that quota and also would be a decent backup to Kellerus and he's fucking huge too so I just quite like a massive goalkeeper big presence um, Another player that I would maybe quite be happy with, uh, left-sided centre-back, as suggested by Taylor McBain, uh, that he's surprised we haven't been linked to, Stuart Finlay. It was mentioned on last week's episode uh, when we asked for your suggestions of players to um, who we'd like to see that we've not been seen been linked with. Stuart Finlay would be another one I would be delighted with. Um, to be honest, a good left-sided centre-back played very well uh, under Steve Clark in particular at Kilmarnock, knows what it's about, doesn't mess about. I'd be quite happy with him if there's another back, other centre-back coming in in addition to as well. Yeah, and I guess in terms of recruitment and identifying these players, I'm sure Darren Mowbray has done some of the work already. <clears throat> but as Ewan Grant says, with regards to further recruitment, hopefully we can replace Darren Mowbray with an improvement if possible and hopefully be done in this window. Now, I did see a, a tweet from Alan Burrows this week um, saying that the club were hopeful to be in a position to announce the replacement of Darren Mowbray um, shortly. Um, not sure how shortly shortly it is. Um, but he, but Darren Mowbray has now left the club officially um, to start his role at Southampton. So whether the fact that Darren Mowbray has left and we're waiting for the, the new guy to come in is having any sort of effect, I would I would hope not. Um, but it could be a potential reason for some of the, the delay. Um, so we'll just again need to keep our eyes on social media and keep that refresh button going to to wait for any news to, to come in on, on that front, but also the, the new signing front as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. You'd like to think, as you say, that uh, most of the work in terms of identifying players would have been done. In fact, all of it would have been, I'm sure. I'm sure there would have been some sort of contingency plan. Um, you'd like to think in place, certainly now that Burroughs is here. Um, you'd like to think, he, uh, I believe he would be a prepared man for these sort of things. Um, I suppose he only officially left at the end of June, didn't he? So there will be time taken, and I suppose in terms of heads of recruitment or uh, chief scouts or whatever, uh, they're usually pretty busy at this time of year too as well. So it's probably a difficult position to to recruit in at the moment, but uh, I'm sure a database or something will have been left. Hopefully just this whole laptop will have been left before he went down to Southampton. Yeah, hopefully. And I suppose the difficulty just now in terms of our recruitment um, uh, is that we, we're looking to not only add depth to our, our squad, but we're looking to add strength to that depth as well. And I guess that's the going to be the fine balance that we've got to get because, you know, we speak about Anthony Stewart as potential third, fourth choice if he stays. Dante Polvara, again, some people have got mixed opinions on what he can add to the squad this season, if at all. Same also has to be said for Vicente as well. Um, I know some people have the the jury out on them just to rile you up even more. But we do need to be adding quality to to this team. Um, As Kaiser says, we really need to go up a gear this season. And we we can't really afford to do a a hearts in the sense that I know they got hit with a lot of injuries last season. But they went through a spell where they didn't have the quality to kind of improve and, and dropped a lot of points. We saw at the back end of last season, we didn't have the quality when we were on our legs. We can't afford to go into a season where we're going to add more games on top of that without decent strength and depth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I suppose that sort of plays into the Dylan Levitt topic. He's obviously now signed for Hibs, uh, 300000 which I think is actually a good fee for, for Hibs to pay to get a player of his quality. But there's some talk about, oh, maybe we should have been in for him. I suppose that sort of plays into the problem where we we've got Leighton Clarkson. We won't be able to our players of that quality. Um, we won't be able to guarantee these guys that they're going to start every single game. Of course, of course, we'll have more games, and we'll have to rotate at times as well. But you've got it's, it's difficult to find the balance between finding players who are of quality to step in. Uh, when, for example, the likes of Leighton Clarkson or Yilbo Ramadani or Graham Shinney get suspended. Mm. But if they're of quality to step in and there's not that much of a drop-off, then surely there's somewhere else they could be going to play every single week uh, to play 30-plus games, to start 30-plus games. So it's difficult. And you mentioned Hearts there as well and sort of the struggles they have. I don't think they recruited particularly well last summer. I mean, they ended up adding Robert Snorgrass even after the registration window for Europe had finished. Mm. In some parts, I'm thinking, as, as much as I'm itching for signings to come, I'm happy to wait in terms of, you know, hopefully they're identifying the right quality of players uh, in that you know, the drop-off won't be too big but at the same time I am starting to worry in case we do end up in that situation that Hearts were in where we, we don't get enough bad bodies in at all or enough bodies of quality so it's a it's a struggle I have faith that they're they're doing it they're doing it all properly and they're getting everybody in and that is going to be of the right quality but I am a little bit worried but also slightly seeing confidence in the fact we've seem to have got our shit together in terms of the quality we've brought in so far 
I like how you say that, but you tweet differently because you're getting fed up for the fact that we've not made signing in a week. Yeah, well, I mean, I do want signings. That doesn't change. But I'm trying to like rein it in a little bit and you know know that they're getting the players of the right quote in. For example, that Tony Teklich guy. Apparently, there's been without knowing anything about him, uh, going by the reports from from Richard, uh, he he is the top player out of out of the best cl- uh, outside of the top three clubs in in Croatia. Um, and there was a bit of haggling apparently over over the fee. If we've ident- we've identified them early enough then eventually we should get there and bring in the players of the quality that we do need. So I'm trying to remain calm. Uh, I'm trying not to pant pish, but I am struggling, admittedly. I'm happy to admit that. Yeah. Um, Mark Leslie had put in the, the comments uh, a list of players that Aberdeen Live had um, done a report on that, that we could look to sign. And one of the players um, he mentioned in the comment was a player that uh, one of the guys, Chris at work, mentioned to me as well. Um, former Livingston centre-back Jack Fitzwater, who's recently been released by Northampton, um, a player who I was impressed with during his time at Livingston. Again, if that was an option that would be available to us, I wouldn't be against um, signing. But again, uh, from from what I've seen in, in the comments as well, that some people would like us to look at a little bit higher quality players than the likes of a, a St Mirren, Motherwell, and maybe Livingston in there with the... Um, trying not to be too disrespectful to those teams. I know, but then you've got to look at, as I mentioned, the point where how do you sell it to these players when, you yeah. know, we've got Reese Williams, we've got Angus McDonald who's done very well. You know, there's no guarantee they're going to play every single week, but they need to be of the quality that if they do step in, are good enough. It's difficult. And Jack Fitzwater is probably one I would be happy with. Um, if he, not to be a starting centre-back, however, I'll say that much. But then there's the problem of how do you sell it to them? Yeah, that, that's true. And just thinking of that um, potential centre-back pairing of, of, of Reese and Angus McDonald, we're going to have a huge centre-back pairing for once because something that we had before was not a lot of height in the team. Um, and we're actually going to be quite an aerial threat again next season based on those two. Potentially, absolutely, which I'm delighted about. I mean, the facts, fact, Reese Williams is six foot five. When, when we signed him, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing him play a bit for Liverpool. Couldn't remember too much about him. Uh, don't watch Blackpool every week, funnily enough. But I just thought, oh, six foot five. Look, I'm delighted. If, if nothing else, he shouldn't be getting absolutely bullied because no one else uh, on the pitch will be taller than him for the most part. And as you say, from set pieces, he mentioned in his in his weird interview, him and Leighton uh, linking up and um, you know often arriving at the back post is Reese Williams. If that's something we can make more of uh, this season, we're gonna we're gonna need a lot of help. A lot of times, a lot of times with these European games, we might not be at our best um, with the workload that we've got and and the leggy players. So we're gonna have to rely on things like set piece at times, and that gives us a little uh, an added dimension, I suppose. Yeah, it gives us that little bit of extra threat um, from set pieces mm-hmm. that without Matt Pollock, who is of course the target for Leighton Clarkson, we've got. Uh, a new player and a player that's kind of already on the same wavelength uh, as Leighton Clarkson. But another player that we've kind of got to look forward to getting to know is, of course, um, it's so clear that the striker that we signed and a lot of you have been tuning into the video that we did on getting to know him um, recently has had a lot of views over the last um, week or so. And a player, I guess, that we could see next Wednesday at Turriff as well. And I guess, Callum, you know, listening to that that video that Reese did about, you know, that he's very loud on the pitch and certainly, 
maybe more so in the preseason games were likely to hear him rather than some of the, the league fixtures. But seeing the likes of Reese in action for the first time, seeing Esther in, in action for the first time on Wednesday or, or Saturday is what these kind of preseason games are about and getting excited about those new signings or thinking, oh, what the hell have we signed them for if it <laughs> if they don't perform against Highland League opposition? Absolutely. I mean, I remember, well, I went to the game last season against Sterling Albion where, where Duke came on for his debut and... You know, he didn't look he didn't look sharp, shall we say? But every time he got the ball, there was like, "Holy fuck, what is he gonna do?" And uh, that got me excited, even though we were playing Sterling Albion. It still, it still got me geared up. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, so clear, uh, I sort of read an article with his form, an interview with his former manager, where, he, where they mentioned that the fee um, in, in that article was around three hundred thousand, which I think is actually a pretty good bit of business. And uh, he says he expects him to do pretty well. So I'm happy. Yeah. And again, going by what Richard said on the, the podcast is maybe, again, similar to probably what Joe said around Duke. And look how that changed. A player that's probably happy enough or suitable enough being an impact player off the bench, not someone that's coming to the club straight away, probably expecting to start these games. And I think that's, again, probably the balance that we're going to have in terms of signing players, especially in that midfield area, which I think we've got a strong midfield core, is trying to lure players to the club and saying, well, actually, you're probably not going to be first choice. How do you fancy just playing half an hour every every other day? But again, with that Thursday-Sunday turnaround, it could be, well, actually, you're going to be get more action on a Sunday than you are on that, that European stage. Yeah, it is. it is very, very difficult. But certainly in terms of... Uh, our strikers, I think we're in a good spot right now with, with Miofsky and then Sockler probably going to stand in from him from what I've seen and heard and read. He sounds pretty similar, so that's good, like for like. Um, hopefully there won't be too much of a drop-off there and we won't have to change playing style or anything like that. And then you've got Duke and right now Bavage too. So at least in that position, I'm happy. I'm happy. And if we could do more of the same sort of throughout the rest of the team where... It's similar sort of players, similar quality, but the drop off won't be won't be massive. Then I will be delighted. But yeah, a very difficult job to do. I guess over the next ten days as well, it'll be interesting to see who we play up front as well, because of course Duke was just uh, no sorry, Mayowski was just back um, running for the the first time, of course, after that injury against St Mirren. So I guess interesting to see how much match minutes he gets under his belt over the course of the next 10 days at Turriff and Fraser respectively. Uh, also similar to Duke, given the fact that he won't have had much preseason training under his belt, especially for um, the game on Wednesday against Turriff. So maybe Esther and, and Alfie Bavager will have opportunities to to lay claim um, to, to make an impression anyway to, to Barry Robson ahead of the, the league campaign getting underway at Livingston. Absolutely. I mean, you fully expect Esther Saltclair to start against Tariff, uh, given the situations of the other two that you've just mentioned. And uh, as well as Bavage, the little Marshall boy. <laughs> of so course, excited. the Vinnie the Bazawan redemption arc um, starts next Wednesday. I'm sure that's what you're hoping. Um, a couple of you in the comments, Darren Cable saying he heard we are linked with James Forrest. Hope not. What's our thoughts? And then again, uh, David Turnbull's name getting mentioned quite a lot. Uh, a few of you getting unhappy with the, the suggestion of another loanee coming in from Celtic. Not surprised at, at that. Um, 
what would be your thoughts on James Forrest? I know I'm sure Hearts are interested in in signing him, but David Turnbull, again, a name that kind of doesn't really go away. It was talked about on last week's show with um, people mentioning him when you said a player we've not really been linked with in terms of the press that you would be happy for us to sign. And I think sign is the, the key word there, not on loan, but sign those players. Tough one with Turnbull. Um, very injury prone, but we all know what he's capable of. And he is... See, he's the more the type of player that if we were to sign him on loan from Celtic, I'd be a bit happier about than sort of Liam Scales. No disrespect to Liam Scales. Um, because he is of a quality that we probably wouldn't be able to sign. Um, certainly not from Celtic, anyway. Um, and the fee would be massive. James Forrest... Again, if it wasn't on loan, yeah, as you say, I'd, I'd probably be, I'd probably be happy, reluctantly. Uh, no doubt that he's he is a, a good player on his day. If we are going to play with wingers, are we going to recruit better than him? Probably not. However, if he is being linked with Hearts, I wouldn't be surprised if if he went there. Connection with his brother, it's in the central belt, only forty five minutes away. Um, yeah, I, I don't wouldn't think we would be. Um, top of that but then again guaranteed you'll be in football I suppose yeah absolutely and one other question coming in from from Johnny Bain and I guess it kind of goes down to the formation that Barry's going to play this season whether or not he's going to adapt that from European to domestic football and Johnny asks if we are to play wing backs this season where do we see the likes of Shaden Morris Ryan Duncan and Vinny fitting into the team um I'll put that one to you first. Um, I don't see them fitting into the team if we are playing wing-backs. Maybe Vinny, perhaps, if we're going to go with a more advanced midfielder, sort of a 10. Um, I'm not sure. But I have a feeling that just going... I don't, I don't know what it's based off. I just have a feeling that we are not going to be playing uh, with the three centre-backs and the wing-backs week in, week out anymore. Bayer Robson was doing that a lot last season, I feel based off that was the tools he had and that we were yeah. terrible defensively and that was how to how to solidify it. But now with his own players and you know probably more of an onus on us uh, to create more and things like that. Certainly in league games in your bog standard league games, I wouldn't expect us to go with a five. Celtic Rangers, yeah, probably. Tough European games, yeah, probably. And maybe even sort of hips hearts away as well. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if we sort of interchange between the two a little bit more this season. Yeah, and, and what I wondered from Johnny was who was playing at wing-back, and he said he was going to play Devlin and Hayes at wing-backs. He sees Jack McKenzie more as a proper left-back. Um, and I do think, though, playing the wing-backs, um, Johnny finishes his point by saying, I think we all agree a new left-back, left-wing-backs needed. And I think... If we are to go down the route of playing fullbacks in Johnny Hayes and, and Nicky Devlin, as Johnny alludes to, probably does for me further strengthen the fact that we do need a more left-sided defender in, aka Liam Scales. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about Johnny Hayes playing left wing back for another whole season, but um, certainly from the social media content um, that the club's been putting out. I mean, I was heavily distracted by Angus McDonald in the video, um, but it certainly looks like Johnny Hayes was the fittest player and won the bleep test over in Portugal. 
no surprise there, really. And won the bleach test for his hair. Yes, very good. Um, so it's just whether or not he can avoid his concussions. But yeah, I think it's quite obvious we do need another left-sided defender and whether that's Liam Scales or somebody else. Um, do you think, David Stewart asks, will they allow Babbage a bit more playing time this season, certainly in the likes of the League Cup? Yes, I think so. And um, he's certainly got the quality. I think with our added games, giving him sort of, well, maybe even starts in the League Cup, I don't know, but half an hour, 15, 20 minutes in games where, even games where we're comfortable, will help, help him kick on a lot. I mean, he's still young. Playing him every week would be stupid and it's not going to happen given the three strikers we have, um, in my opinion. But I would like to see him given a bit more of a chance. We all know he, he's capable of ripping it up in the under-18s league, but it'll be interesting to see how he does sort of break, being broken in this season. Yeah, um, I guess another point that, that John um, Keelough makes is the fact that we've got Kieran Nguyenya. Um, I of course spent last season on loan at Wraith so he could either break through the season or not <laughs> as he says um, interesting to see what the future holds for Kieran um, I can't help but feel probably going to be another loan deal before he leaves but um, that's just the opinion that I have um, there hasn't really been much else for us to talk about in terms of signings and potential uh, incomings to the club but um, you mentioned Cormac Coins. Um, Don's cash has officially gone live, um, giving the season ticket holders and Aberdeen A members opportunity to um, get cash back on purchases. Albeit, if you're a season ticket holder, you only get your 10% cash back on uh, retail purchases and stadium tours. Um, to really see the benefit of um, any money back, you have to be an Aberdeen A member. So maybe a, a, a sly ploy to increase DNA memberships there. But um, if you're an under 12 through to standard DNA holder, you get um, cash back on retail, match tickets, hospitality purchases, uh, as well as stadium tours and retail, and anywhere from the platinum up to premium and international. And um, that's when you get cash back on red TV, as well as the previous the other DNA members get. Of course, other big news from um, this week is the fact that Red TV has actually gone up in price for this season. Um, the fact that um, it is now an extra £1 a month for normal subscribers. Um, I noticed it's gone up to 8 99 a month for the direct debit. Not the end of the world, but I did see quite a few. And I don't know how many of our international um, viewers that we've got joining us tonight on the live but there has been a few complaints about the um price increase for those that subscribe to red tv international um i think it's gone up quite a bit in height but of course red tv looking to improve its quality finally getting to 1080 hd after many years of not being at a suitable quality um, so hopefully that price increase for those of you that do invest in red tv international is deemed worthwhile and of course I know the club are doing their best to churn out a lot of content on Red TV. So certainly for me, in terms of that £1 increase a month, £12 a year, um, not the end of the world given the content and obviously the fact that it allows us access to the pre- and post-match interviews that we can then utilise for doing these shows as well. That is true. Um, 
You mentioned the Don's cash there, Glenn. I'm hoping you can mm. educate a dummy like me. Uh, <laughs> is this in place of season ticket discounts? I am getting the impression that it is. You know, if oh. you get used to get 10% off, because in the sort of fine print down the bottom, it seemed to be like season ticket members and whatever have until this date to uh, get their discounts, basically. And I have a feeling it is now in place of that where you get money back instead of a discount off the original price. So, hmm. It could be. Um, it says it replaces ticket cash and discounts on retail purchases. So, yes, no. I believe that's right. But then I'm hoping... So you just get his money back to utilise at a later stage rather than getting your 10% discount in retail as you do now. Yeah, so interesting... So- I suppose that would then encourage you to then buy something else because if you, instead of getting the 10% off and keeping it for yourself, you get the 10% back and, oh, ready-made, oh, I get £5 off something now, oh, I'll buy this thing for 15 quid. Mm, true. Yeah, I suppose like Christmas, Father's Day, all those other yeah. commercial events. Yeah, broad yeah. if you're listening, Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I utilise it when uh, the kids' kit, kits eventually come out because they're always about three months after adult kits. Um, so, yeah, no, that'll get utilised eventually. But that's kind of really been all the other news, I suppose. Well, we also got a new coach in replace of Liam Fox, Peter Levin, um, joining. Don't know much about him. It'll be interesting to see what impact he has. Hopefully he hangs around longer than Liam Fox did. Sounds good. Um, going by the credentials that they talked up massively, I, I would imagine. But it sounds good. I hope he's a bit mental. So we've just got another nutter on the, on the touchline. That's all I'm hoping for, really. Well, uh, we've certainly got coaches that are vocal um, on the touchline in Barry and Steve, so we'll be interested to see what, what Peter brings to the, the this certainly the coaching staff anyway, and I guess we'll see how vocal he really is next week at Turriff. You said you hope he sticks around longer. I hope he's not leaving anytime soon. Yeah, very good. You saw that from Jay and shamelessly stole that without... I did it! <laughs> I'm um, but yeah, no, it's been a quiet week uh, in terms of the signing front. Not much for us to get our teeth into. So hopefully next week when we do a show, we'll maybe leave it until Thursday unless there's any major signings um, where we can round up our thoughts from the first preseason game um, against Torriff uh, and me and Callum can um, give our thoughts on what we thought of the players that played Um and if we feel they're any good, because you know how fickle fans like to be after the first preseason game. Um, but yeah, thank you very much to all of you that um, joined us tonight on the YouTube channel. And thank you to all of you that have subscribed to the YouTube channel over the last week. And that's us smashed 1,600 subscribers as well. Um, usual pre-rush before the 442 folk jump on the bandwagon after they read my preview for Aberdeen for the season ahead. So Hopefully we can get 2,000 by the end of the season and certainly with European football for us to dissect between now and Christmas, we could maybe even get it before the end of the year, Callum. I'm saying end of the year. I'm saying end of the year. So as I mentioned, if you're not there already, hit that blooming subscribe button. Even if you're listening in later, just go and subscribe. You don't need to watch us. Just keep listening. But subscribe. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Or like some of you do, recommend your show to your friends because you might have Aberdeen friends out there that haven't listened to us and like someone I know only started listening two months ago and now listens every week. So 
you never know. There might be someone out there in your life that needs a bit of red tinted glasses in their life. Exactly. Get a grip of yourselves. Exactly. Right. Thank you very much to all of you watching tonight live with us on the YouTube channel. Thank you very much for all of you listening on Catch Up on Audio or watching as well once this video has been fully published over on YouTube. As I said, if you do subscribe, make sure you get the notifications on for that video next week. We said likely to be alive on Thursday reacting to the game against Torref and all other um, news, hopefully some more signings. But if there has been a big signing, we'll maybe jump on and do a quick video um, reacting to that before then. But all the best, everybody. And see you next week.